0: Everyone, welcome to the Lead with Purpose podcast. Yay! This is Eva Dutari, your PAI, and this will be our second episode in the topic of leadership vision. And for this, we have a very special guest, and her name is Louise. She's our current VP Network Strategy, and in the past year, she was MCP of Isaac in Australia. Before that, MCP of Isaac in Bangladesh and before that MCBP in Bangladesh, and before that MCVP in Australia, and before that LCP. I'm not sure which LC now that I think about it, but it was in Australia. She's Australian, by the way, if you didn't get it. And yeah, she will be just sharing with us a bit of her experience working with um, leadership, but most specifically in the topic of having a leadership vision, communicating it, and making it happen or turning it into a reality in your everyday work as an MCP. So, that is what we are going to be talking about today, and with that, um, I just want to welcome Louise and maybe let her introduce herself a bit to our listeners.
1: Thank you, Eva, for the very warm introduction. Um, Yeah, but I think Eva said most of the points. I was MCP twice, I was MCVP twice, I was LCP. I spent four years on the LC level. My home LC was University of Western Australia, just so you can know. Um, Yeah. I'm actually in, the home si- I'm in my home city now, like, you know, like where I grew up and that's where my university is. And sometimes when I walk through the campus, because the doctor I go to is still the doctor I had from when I was in university. So when I go through it, I'm just like, oh, wow, it's been so long since I've been back here. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And let's talk about vision, leadership vision.
0: Hmm. Nice. Amazing, Luis. Thank you for letting us know your LC name. I'm sure that if anyone from you... University of Western Australia, UWA, is that how you call it? UWA is here. Um, they would be really happy and proud to have you in this podcast. So let's start with the first question. Um, and the first question is, why do you think leaders are expected to have and share a vision? And where should an MCP start in order to build that for themselves?
1: Answering the first question, I think like why we expect leaders to have a vision is Essentially, in other words, like to have an idea about what that leader is like working towards or fighting for or what it is that they really stand for at the end. So what is the difference between like, say, person A and like person B in terms of like maybe where they want to take the organization um, or like the business, if it's outside of ISEC or et cetera as well. So I think at the core, that's what it is, because like people really want to know like when they're part of a team and when they're working for something like what is that end goal? What is that? Why? that I'm really striving towards and that I'm really working for as well. Um, Because a vision should do a few things, like it should inspire the people around you, it should um, give people a common purpose, and it should also be a reflection of who you are as a leader. Um, I think it's just like a very short statement or a sentence essentially capturing like why you're actually here, why you stood for this position, um, and where you really wanna take it as well. And I think for an MCP, Um, who's probably like, you know, about to start their experience and when they're thinking about how to actually build a leadership vision. um, For me, like what really worked for me in the years that I felt like I actually had a vision that I really like stood by and I actually believed in uh, was I first asked myself questions. Um, So the first one is like kind of one that maybe you already answered when you were running for MCP is like, what is your why? So who are you and what is your why that like has kept you in this organization for as long as it had that led you to wanting to apply for MCP. Um, So I think that was the first question that I asked myself is like, what is my why? And it just was already from my application process and through my own process, even before that, when I was even contemplating running or not. The second one is like similar to that, but builds off more you. It's like, what do you really have to bring um, and for me, this really connected with what was the context of like the entity um, about where it was and where I really believed that it could actually be in the future, like not in my term, but maybe in like one, two, five or even like 10 years afterwards, like where it could actually be. Um, and then when I was like playing around with all these thoughts in my head, that's kind of how the vision came to life for me. It was more like, OK, like this is something I'm personally connected to because it's essentially like my why but just um you know reworded in a way that is actually like a direction for the organization and I feel like it makes a lot of sense based on what I know now of what I feel like the entity is at and this would be a good aspirational goal and this is something that I would want people to rally behind so yeah
0: nice that's that's very interesting and something that it gets me thinking about is also how old or let's say a different word, experience, you are in Isaac, right? Um, Or how, let's say your perspective on vision changed um, through the years. And I mean, like you were MCP two times and LCP once, and you said also LCPP a few times as well. Um, So I think that gave you exposure to quite a lot of MCPs. Like you got to observe MCPs in different ways, right? Like as part of the plenary, as seeing the MCP as like the leader of the entity, but also as seeing them as your peers when you were MCP twice, um, in the AP region, so you saw like also quite a lot of generations of MCPS. Um, so in the, in all of that, all of those learnings, and I, I assume you were also trying to learn from your predecessors when you were working on on your vision and these things. What do you think were some common mistakes that you saw that MCPS made when trying to build and communicate their leadership vision? Like some, what are the most common mistakes that you saw MCPS making when they were working on that? Mm. Or maybe even from your experience that that's also valid. Yeah.
1: Mm, I think maybe like if I go back to say like the first time which I was exposed to like oh you need to create a vision for your team or um you know for your LC was actually when I was like LCP and like the me back then in 2015 was like I don't really believe in this crap um, because how I used to see it would be it would just be something that like some nice sounding words that people put like on a spreadsheet in a PPT um and they never really refer back to it again and if you ask anyone in the LC they like they wouldn't even be able to tell you what it is because like yeah so that was kind of my first like exposure to it was just like looking at like the EB or the LCPs that came before me when I was on an LC level um and then I think that's also something that I also saw when I was like you know MC and when I was like MCP like for myself like the people in my generation um I could see it that's it's also the same answer that um, I said earlier about why I didn't really believe in a vision in the first place. I think that's the first mistake that people make is like they have a vision because they really feel like they need to have a vision. It's just like, you need to have an MC name. It's like, I can't just be like, oh, I'm not going to have an MC name. Or like, I'm not going to have a vision. Um, it's just one of those things that, over time, it becomes like a routine or it becomes just, you know, a checklist that you have to do that people forget, like, you know, maybe what is the reason or why you have that in the first place. So I think that's like a common mistake, like whether you're like an MCP or whether like you're an LCP, I think that's the first one. Um, and that can come from just the fact that maybe they don't really understand why it's important. They never got it through transition or maybe um, they didn't really believe the vision of like, say, their predecessors that came before them. So maybe that's why they don't weight as much importance on it as well um and then I think like the second one would be that I've observed is that people have a vision and like they're very clear on what it is but they have a hard time just like communicating it um to say their team members or to the entity or even just communicating it at all like they have it it's like in their plans it's on their spreadsheet maybe it's like in their office um but it never comes out again and maybe you'll see at the beginning and you'll see at the end when they do transition it's in maybe their annual report um but it doesn't actually come up again and I think the mistake there or something that I was reflecting on was maybe that because the vision is meant to, like, guide you. Like, it's meant to, at least for me, it guided me with, like, decisions with what I should do, what I should not, what I should prioritise, what were the battles that I was, like, really strong for. Like, all of those answers were actually, like, determined by what my vision was because that was going to be something that I was really fighting for. So that's how it naturally just came up for me um during my term as MCP, like whether it's during planning or replanning or reviews or conversations with my LCP or conversation with the networks, like why we're doing this or why we're doing that. Um, It all led to that. But I think for some people, maybe in the heat of the moment when you're talking about, you know, just what is the current problem in front of us. Uh, maybe the conversation of the vision or the end goal doesn't really come to your mind because you're just too, like, distracted by all the things that are happening that you actually forget, like, hey, the reason why I actually chose these battles was because you really believe that these were the battles that you needed to, like, fight for to actually work towards that vision. Um, so I think that's the second one. And I think the third one is having one that really connects with the context so that people can like very easily understand like why it is that and I think this is something that I learned when I was like um in my MCVP Bangladesh experience and we were having transition with the previous MC team and they were just sharing us like their vision um like for like going global volunteer which was like you know open the world to Bangladesh and Bangladesh to the world Um, and for that I felt like it connected so much with the current context that it was an expansion like we hadn't received um, EPs before we hadn't like sent EPs abroad so this like any member we recruit into the organization they will of course agree and like they're very proud of their country as they should be so of course like it's something like yes I'm doing this um, for the entity but I'm also doing this like for my country and even me as an international MC like coming in like straight away I was like yeah for sure like that that's really why we're doing what we're doing in this organization is to like create an impact, cross-cultural understanding, you know, understanding everyone's like home and places. So that's why for me, it made a lot of sense. Um, Yeah. So, but I feel like sometimes if you're, if you don't really have the context um, or at least maybe if you have the context, but you can't communicate it to the people, then I think that's when it can get lost as well. It may seem like irrelevant or maybe something that's, you know, not for this generation, and then people will not connect and people will not talk about it.
0: Good, so thank you, Luis, for that answer. Um, and I think it's good that you're already mentioning your one good example of, of a vision, which was of your time in Bangladesh when you were MCVP. Now, like, if you had to think of other good examples or other GCPs of good leadership visions that you've seen in your time in ISAC, um, what would those be, if you remember any? And why, of course?
1: This. This one actually, okay, the, the example I have is one from actually Isaac in Indonesia. I'm not sure if it was a vision or if it was just a stand um, or maybe it was a combination of both, but it was like Indonesia is a home. Um, and actually when I was like thinking, my first time as MCP when I was in Bangladesh and I was with my team, we were actually going through that. We're like, oh, like what are some like good ones that we know of in the network? And like if we knew the story behind it, we would kind of like tell each other as well um, about why it stood out for us. And I think why this one, like, stood out for me and, like, why I really remember it is it's simple. Like, it's, like, it's simple. It's, like, four words. um It's very, like, catchy as well. It's memorable. And I think also it's very easy to connect to it as well. Like, like it's a home. And, like, I think for most people it will give people very, like, good feelings of, like, you know, it's safe. It's a good environment. It's somewhere I'm familiar with. um So even if you're, like, you know, working towards, like, um you know, like, of course, we did a lot of cross-cultural exchanges, but I think that's something that really works well, is the fact that, yeah, you know, like, if you, like, we're doing this because we want to showcase, like, you know, people from overseas about how wonderful Indonesia could be as well, and then for the, like, membership, the people in the country itself, it's just, like, everything we're doing, we're doing for, like, our home, for our country as well, so I think for this one, it definitely stood out for me. Um, I can't think of any, like, the ones that I've really remembered throughout this whole time but I think for me that one thing is like when the MCP tells me about it or when other people in their plenary tell me about it you can usually hear like the passion in their voice so usually like in that time it's like even if I don't remember now but in the moment like if someone's telling me like the vision or the MC name or you know something they're really working on as a goal um, you can usually hear it if it's something that actually means something to them just by the way that they're telling their story.
0: That is true. You just reminded me of that. Indonesia is a home. It's a beautiful statement. And actually what it is, if I'm not mistaken, it's something they built between a few generations in their entity in a few years back. And it's actually like a very long um, statement. And Indonesia is a home is just like the first four words. And that's like the the main one um, that they use. And yeah, it is beautiful. And I think I agree with you that that authenticity is also what makes it so effective, right? Like the fact that people actually believe in it and it connects to them and their even their history as a country and the role and the relevance that Isaac has to unite all of these different parts of Indonesia because of its geography and its diversity. So yeah, I always thought it's um, quite beautiful uh, to see that. And when we were, I'm sorry that I'm sharing, but I just wanted to talk about it because it reminded me of, When I was regional director and we were thinking what should be the stand of Asia-Pacific, I remember thinking of Indonesia is a home when we were talking about like being a limitless Asia-Pacific and like, you know, removing those mental boundaries that we put ourselves um, as we grow up and just use Isaac as that platform to evolve or empower yourself. And what is interesting about these visions is that they also kind of become timeless because Indonesia is a home is something that I heard a few years back, or you heard a few years back, but uh, like the current MCP is still talking about it, right? So it's quite good to see how these things become bigger than the person, and they start to be as from the entity and the overall vision they have together. Um, so that's cool. And when I when when it was uh, for you as MCP, how, what was your vision as an MCP or a, like the vision of your team, and what were your main, main learnings trying to make that happen?
1: When I was MCP, well, let's go back. When I was MCP of Ice in Bangladesh, it was really hard. I was like, because I felt like the vision that the previous team had in terms of what they wanted to do was, like, already, like, really good. And I wanted to kind of just keep it as that. So even though that wasn't, like, the vision that we had, it was still something that, like, I talked about, I related to. It was always in an induction. Um, it would be, like, how I would connect with, like, the new recruits that would join the organization. Um But I will talk mainly about my MCP Australia one and like this, like the vision that I had. And it can, the story of how it came to be was like, it started with me actually wanting to apply for MCP. So it was like how I said earlier, it was about like your why. Um, And for me, it was really about like taking responsibility, um, you know, contributing towards like a better ISEC at the end of the day. And there's like the, there's this quote that I've heard about during my whole experience, whole time in ISAC in Australia, which is like, you know, like ISAC doesn't belong to you, like you inherit it from like, you know, future generations, right? So like, sorry, what am I saying? I'm not saying it right. You, I'll say it properly because I think it's really beautiful. Um, But pretty much what I heard, I don't even remember when I heard it, but it since I was like an LC member and it just like stuck with me because different people kept repeating it. And it was the fact that you don't inherit ISEC from your alumni or from your predecessors, but you actually borrow it from future generations. So that always stuck with me. I'm not sure if it was, like, in my application, but maybe it was. I put it almost anywhere. Um, but pretty much from from that moment, that was my reason on why I wanted to run for ISEC in Australia. I wanted to run for MCP. was because I wanted to make it better for future generations. Um, so that was obviously, like, one of the themes that I had in my application. Um, not in those words, but very similar to that. So then I remember when it was like me and like my MC team and we we're like, okay, what's our team name? Uh, what is our stand? You know, what is the vision? What is our behaviors? And it kind of like in the spaces before that, we were already talking about each of our whys, that like, we were going through each other's applications and we were seeing like, what were the whys that everyone in the team had on why they wanted to run for MC Australia 1920. Um, and then after we kind of got to understand a little bit about why everyone was there individually, then we kind of just like started to throw words together in terms of what do you think other things that actually make sense for all of us. Um, and so that's kind of how it was built. Like our vision ended up being like proudly building the next generation of ISEC in Australia for ISEC in Australia. Um, so it was like we're proud of the things that we're doing within the organization because we realized that was something that was important for us. Like ISEC should be proud of the work that they're doing. Um, it's for the future generations because it's not just about us. And we understand that maybe a lot of things that we're fighting for, we might not see the results in our term straight away, but, you know, we're doing it for something like bigger than that. Um, and also just keeping like ISEC in Australia there is because like, you know, it's our home, like in another word, it's like, you know, the organisation that we came from and it's something that, you know, we want to like, you know, give back to. Um, and like the stand to make it like shorter was like dream so big that one day clouds become dirt. And it was like the things that we're like fighting for now or thinking about now seems so out of reach. But hopefully through the work that we're doing today, it'll make it, you know, just the norm in maybe like one, two or five years time. Um, so, yeah, that was like the one that we had. And I think, oh, it makes me happy thinking about it. Um, it seems like a long time ago now that I was like actually like, you know, talking about my vision. Uh, but, yeah, I think this really stuck with us until the end because even like we did this first and then we did planning. Um, and when it came to picking our projects or choosing our battles, like it all came from this, like understand like what are things that are really going to make the biggest difference in the entity, maybe like in the future. Um, those were the things that would be our battles. And those were the things that I took like extra personally um, as MCP, if I felt like it would be something that would make ISEC better or worse in the future.
0: That's very inspiring. I like it. I'm also thinking how, how did I do it or how am I doing that in my current role and, um, more than that, hopefully how listening to this will give ideas to the MCPs, right, on how can they do that too, and how can they take this forward, especially with planning uh, coming on so soon. Um, so I actually wanted to ask you, like, this question was not going to be the following, but I think it's relevant now that you were talking about planning, like, how do you think you were, you like, how did you approach it? Maybe you can elaborate more on that um, in the planning process. How did you approach Using that vision as, like you say, that filter or that guide when you were making choices or prioritizing prioritizing where resources were going. What practical, tangible things did you do in your process that you think could be good tips for MCPs to translate that? So the first thing we
1: did, like that, I already said, was like come up with the team, like the team name, the team vision, the team stand. We tweaked, we like tweaked and adjusted a, a little bit throughout the process as well, like the wording and everything. Um, but we kind of had in the beginning what it was at. I think it came down to conversations that we were having as a team and I was moderating the space, so we didn't have a chair or anything, so I was kind of facilitating planning. Um, so during each of the sessions, I just already kind of had in my mind what were the key talking points that I wanted to, people to put more attention on so for example when we were like doing our like analysis or like the context session I forgot what it was um, but before that you had to have some calls, you know with the network with some LCPs some LCVPs um, some EPs etc I had already looked through kind of like the answers that everyone gave and I kind of understand the key trends so even before we came into the space I kind of already knew where I wanted to move the conversation in terms of like, you know, Isaac being a more enjoyable experience again for the membership, for people to actually want to take up leadership roles, um, for people to stay in the organization longer, uh, for us to have like, you know, like local MC pipeline. Like these were already things that I knew that I really wanted to like raise as the attention. So when I was doing the agenda, when I was having these spaces, like I would moderate it in a way to make sure that these are the conversations that we're going to be talking about. Because if we're talking about it, um, then I will make sure that actions actually come from it as well. And that will be reflected like actually in the plan. So I think that's one thing that I did was like I prepared beforehand. So when I came to the space, I already kind of knew like what were the conversations that I really wanted us to have. Um, And then even like taking this a step back, um, my predecessor and like the MC team before us actually already helped me with this as well. This is a conversation that I was already having with like um, Maggie, who was my predecessor, being like, hey, in your transition, I really want you to make sure you cover these topics with my MCVPs. So even throughout their individual transition, there was already like certain things that I really wanted them to know, um, more like things that beyond just what was happening in the entity, but what was the MC team already trying to do about it that was working and slash that was not working. So in this way, I was kind of already, you know, seeing that, like, how they kind of feel about it, because we would debrief afterwards, where it'll be like, yeah, you know, um, this MC member of yours, yeah, he's pretty much on the same page, or like, this person really thinks that, that's a different perspective, something for you to consider. So I kind of already started to get a better grasp in terms of what my MC's, like, opinions would be on certain things, so that I could also see, like, how much time I need a buffer for certain conversations based on, like, you know, how um, diverse our opinions are, or for some topics, how similar our opinions are as well. Um, so I think, yeah, preparation makes all the difference and even transition and working together with like your predecessor actually can help a lot as well. Um, because if you include in the transition process, then planning just seems like step two. Um, it shouldn't seem like very different conversations and it should just be like a continuation. Um, I think other things I did in terms of actually like prioritizing was just being like ruthless on like the number of like projects that we actually have. So how we actually did it was that we had like the goals that we wanted that for us really reflected um, what the vision could look like in our year. So what the goals was pretty much like what we needed to do in 1920 to move us one step closer. Um, and then we split up in terms of per functions. And then we added in like some non-negotiables that we knew we had to do anyway. Um, and then based on that, we were like, okay, like if this was just everything that we're doing, does it make sense? Or do we need something like extra or something more? Um So we didn't go with the approach first of like, oh, like we should create things, but then already thinking like maybe there are already things that exist naturally in the way that we already split our JD with the metrics that we have that actually already like makes sense. Um, So in this sense, like we knew that the first thing we were talking about in planning was the most important things. So it was the things aligned to these metrics. And then everything that came after that was more just to complement it or if we realized people had um, additional time in some quarters as well. So I think that's another tip. It's just making sure during your planning process, um, the things that you want to give the most attention, um, you allocate time for it. But also you allocate time for it first in your MCVPs, like say JDs, so that you know they understand themselves that this is the most important thing. Um, then they will like see that, okay, cool, like this is a battle. And if I don't have time for anything else, that's okay, because these are the most important things.
0: That makes sense. And I like how you started talking about goals and vision right and how they played a different role in your plan and so that's also something i wanted to talk to you about because whenever we talk about this topic of having a vision people also talk about goals or i've even heard mcp saying like my vision is to achieve my goal or that's it like that's all i want to do so i guess my question is like how do you think these are different goals and vision and why are they both important and how should they function together or what is the role of each of them
1: I can totally hear myself saying that when I was LCP. Yeah, my vision is just to achieve my goal. But okay, if you want me to submit a vision, this is what it is. And I honestly don't remember it. And I never remembered it then as well. Um, I think for me, the vision is like the bigger picture, the end goal, the why. Like the big why that you know is something that you're probably not going to be able to say done or not done within your term because it's bigger than yourself. I think a vision really is to serve, like it's to serve someone else, like to serve another generation, another team. Um, so it's not really something that at the end you can be like, it's great. Like I did that for me. Um, like that's just like my personal take on it. Where a goal is more of like, what are the specific like metrics or targets that you really need to work on achieving in your term and, um, that will bring you one step closer to that um, vision that you have. So what is that milestone? Because people do need goals. They need to be able to see if, you know, they're working in the right direction, if the activities that they're doing is influencing the metrics that they realise that are important. Um, But the vision is there to make sure that you never lose track of why you're doing what you're doing. Like if you're always just talking about like the short term, the metrics, the numbers that you can change week to week, month to month, um, then sometimes like you may forget like why you're actually doing all these things in the first place, uh, which is to achieve something bigger for like the generations that come after you um, in terms of membership or even customers as well. Um, so that for me, I feel like is like the difference between the two and why you need like both of them as well. Um, Because only when people really understand the why of what they're doing behind all those activities that are working towards those metrics, they see it bigger than themselves. And it's also easier for, you know, you as a generation to continue with your successes as well. Um, Like when we talk about like transition and continuation and, you know, taking more than one term to impact change. Like, if you're always just working on something that is very, like, you and focused in the now, it's hard for other people to connect to it. But if everything that you're working towards is for something much bigger than yourself, then it's easier for other people to be like, great, these were the things that you did well, I'm going to continue. These are the things that didn't go so well, I'm not going to continue. But at least the end vision of, you know, making the entity better and, you know, being able to develop more leadership or making um, a change, whatever it may be, uh, at least that will always be continued as well
0: nice nice yeah that makes a lot of sense that's good and i guess like one like out of the blue question that i just thought of is like it seems that you as an individual like as a person your perspective towards like leadership visions and its relevance changed quite a lot Uh, like when we compare you as an mcp and you as an lcp let's say um that changed a lot so how what do you think about that like how do you think let's say Isaac influenced you more of as a person in terms of your own leadership skill set by going through that those experiences of working towards a vision and stuff like what's the value that you see that you have gained as as a person because of that?
1: Hmm. I think one of the best things that Isaac has exposed me towards is like diversity um, and I don't mean diversity just like different nationalities you know being in different countries but I think just like being surrounded with people that have very diverse thoughts and perspectives and opinions to yours. And also they have different ways of wanting to work. Um, So for example, like I was someone that I wouldn't say I was like the best member, but I did the bare minimum. So whatever was enough to like, you know, not, um, not that they would fire us, but just whatever was enough to, you know, not be classified as like not doing anything. I would do that. And that would pretty much be how I would work. It's like, yeah, if you give me a goal, I will do it. I didn't really ask a lot of questions when I was a like an LC member. Um, but I knew that there were people next to me that used to ask a lot of questions. Like, for example, it was doing like a simple marketing activity. And there were people that would be like, but why would I do that? Like, what's the end goal here? Isn't there another way to do it? Um, so then I realized that you can't really connect or communicate to people in the same way. Like for some people, maybe they have a lot of discipline or maybe um, they have a lot of trust or maybe it's just like in their nature just to like not cause conflict. Uh, whatever is the goal, they may be like, okay, cool, I'll do it. Uh, but for other people, they may be driven more in like other ways where they really want to understand what is the intention behind it. They really want to see if their, um, like, their actions actually make an impact. And they also want to be able to see, like, okay, what is a better way for me to communicate this, like, you know, with my customers, like, what can I actually get out of this experience? It's more than just like, oh, like, you get to go on exchange, um, but what is the why? So I think it's actually also through these experiences um, and talking to different people, did I realize, like, why you kind of need to have a little bit of everything. Um because like what works for one person might not work for another person. Um, so then I know for myself, like I know for myself, um, you know, when I have like, um, like a team leader or someone that I'm working with, like for me it's really important to really understand like what are the things that they really stand for because I really know that um, even if we disagree on like how to get there, at least we're on the same page with what we want to achieve. So at least we'll never like, you know, disagree on those things which I feel like is the most important um because how like you never know who's right or wrong sometimes you just have to do it and then you realize oh wait uh, my bad like that wasn't the best way to do it but at least you're on the same page with where you want to go so I think like my ice experience really taught me that like people are very different they connect to work and they connect to the organization in different ways Um, there is no right way to be able to like you know lead people in terms of like there's a rule book like do a b c d Sometimes for me, it was just a matter of like, hey, like, um, this person is not as like, motivated, or they're not into their work, or they're not performing as well as they could, like, I have a conversation with them. And then I kind of understand, like, maybe it's because they don't really agree with the direction we're going in. Or maybe it's don't, they don't agree with like the strategies that we have in place. Uh, or maybe they just don't like the team environment that they're actually in. So it was through getting each of these answers and trying to make it better in the team. Um, did I really start having some of these realizations about why some of these fundamentals that sometimes we overlook are actually important, like things like having a stand, things like having a vision, things like living by your values, um, things like, you know, why you have spaces just to talk and not talk about work. Um, like sometimes like they just become so like routine. It's just like, okay, a checklist. They forget why they actually use this in the first place. And, For me, like my biggest leadership lessons throughout each of my roles, um, I realized at the end is like when I compare like from LCP, MCVP, NCP to now, usually I keep relearning the same lessons every single term because I forget about them. Um, And I think like, oh, that's so beautiful. It's one of the best quotes that I've heard. Is like life keeps giving you the same lessons until you've learned your lesson. And I'm like, I thought I learned this last year, but then like you make the same mistakes and then you realize, okay, you know what? Now time for me to do a little bit better. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's actually very empowering and very exciting um, to to try to understand what it means and what are the learnings that Isaac gives us because of those experiences that we have. So I guess the last thing that I want to ask you, just to close this amazing conversation, is: Would you have any final tips or call to actions or suggestions for MCPs that might still be confused or might not know where to start or what should be like the first thing they do or like, hey, if you don't know just do this, like anything like that for someone who might still be a bit lost on the topic or a bit maybe scared or overwhelmed by it?
1: I think um, I think the, the most important thing that you can do is just like ask yourself what is your why. Um, so it might even be rereading your application process. Or it might just be journaling um, or it might just be like talking to someone that you're comfortable and you feel safe with if you're someone that prefers, you know, like speaking out loud with someone. Um, because I think it all starts from there and then like understanding your why and then the next question, this is the process I had and I think it's like it worked for me so maybe you can get some ideas from it Um, but after like really understanding your why, really think like, okay, what is it that I can really bring to like the table? So like what are my strengths? What are my values? Um, What is my experience? Like what is it that makes me unique and probably the reason why you were even like elected and selected for the role itself? Um, So just like refresh your stuff on those things. And understanding like really like what is the context of where the entity is now, like have your conversations with people, talk to your predecessor, talk to the people from the network itself, and then just give yourself permission to dream. Um, So it's probably something you wrote in your application booklet, maybe it's the way that you answered a question during the process, but give yourself permission to actually dream um because this is the time during your term where you're actually allowed to do it so like take advantage of it because the rest of the year you're probably going to be thinking more about what's happening now than like this is where like Isaac in Australia could be like five years from now um so take the opportunity to actually dream about what that actually could be and I think you'll know the answer about what is your vision or what is the thing that is fighting for when like It gives you energy in the sense of if you can imagine yourself having a bad day, if you can imagine yourself, you know, having an argument with like, you know, an LCP or, you know, you disagreeing with your MC team, like this one thing will really like keep you going until like the end of your term. And I think that's when you really know that it's personal and it's personal to you and therefore you're going to take ownership of it. And I think other things to keep in mind is that, like, you hear this joke all the time within Ice. It's like, oh, like, all MC names are the same or like all MC visions are kind of similar. Like, you know, it's kind of the same. It's just, you know, a different word. It's a synonym or like, you know, it's a bit shorter. It's a bit longer, a bit more elaborative. I think at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, like, the actual words itself, but the personal meaning that it has to you. And that's really what will make the biggest difference. As long, like, no matter what it is, no matter if someone is an outsider that just like, okay, I don't really get it, or like, oh, this is very similar to like, you know, um, this person's vision, but to you, it'll mean something more because of what those words or what that intention actually means because of who you are and what you represent. Um, so I think as long as you can read something, you'd be like, yep, I'm proud of that. If I could just, you know. Um, be remembered by just these, you know, one sentence or these, like, two phrases, I will be happy if it's that, then I think you really understood, like, what is your why and what is your vision. Um, And then you just have that conversation with your team. So, yeah, good luck.
0: Amazing. Good luck indeed to all of you MCPs. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of the Lead with Purpose uh, podcast about leadership vision. I hope you enjoyed as much as we did um, sharing these questions and conversations and that it's actually useful for you in your planning process. So let us know how it goes and always stay tuned for the upcoming episodes on this podcast. And thank you so much, Louise, for joining us and helping us out with sharing from your experience. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.
1: Thanks, Eva, for the invitation. It was actually really, really fun.
0: Now I have a lot of energy for my night. (laughs) Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. So thank you so much and goodbye, everyone. Thank you.